Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to talk to author Andy Rausch because he's he's had like over 50 books, both fiction and nonfiction, under his belt. And he's here to talk about a book called Amityville Murder House, which I love anything Amityville related, but this is a little different. But hi, Andy. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm just really excited to finally get to talk to you, especially about this book. Can we go ahead and dig right in? Can you tell sure. me tell me all about this book? Because it's not your typical Amityville horror thing that that people are exposed to, I'm guessing. I dabble in horror. I mostly write crime fiction when I write fiction. I'd wanted to do a haunted house book for a long time. So much has been done in that genre, and it's hard to come up with new things, new ways to do it. And I had this idea... I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but it was my idea, and so I decided to go with it. And so I did this book called The Amityville Murder House, and it sort of has this preposterous idea where there's another haunted house in the same city as the famous Amityville Murder House. But sort of the the story behind the so it lives in the same universe as the Amityville Horror. The real house, it's kind of come out over the years that the family had kind of fabricated that story to, you know, sell a book, to make money. And so the idea of this was that when they fabricated it, they actually took the stories that they'd heard about this real house, which it, it, it's a silly, funky idea, but I think it's a fun book. And I tried to do some new things with it. It's got some, I think, funny moments. It's got some dark moments. It was a good time. How was it writing then, having to kind of think about the popular, popular stuff and having to twist and turn about it. How was your writing process for that? It was pretty good. I sat down and I read as many haunted house books and stories as I could find. I went back and I revisited everything I could find on, you know, the original Amityville stuff. And I'm a big fan of the the movie in particular. The Jay Anson book, you know, is good, all that. But you look at it as a different way when you realize it, it really is all fiction and or mm-hmm. allegedly whatever. Supposedly they <laughs> concocted this idea with their lawyer. They all sat down and they brainstormed and they come up with this idea. So I just took that nugget of the lawyer, I think, came out and said that. So I kind of took the that nugget oh. of an idea and, and, and sort of ran with it. Then I started thinking of different things like, you know, what have I not seen in a haunted house right. movie or in a book? And, you know, and and there's not a lot out there. So I tried to, to build on the things that were already out there to make them a little different, but also, you know, put little tweaks here and there. And I think I did a good job with it. You know, it doesn't completely rebuild the genre. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I think it's fun within the context of what the genre already already is. So... Are you shifting more toward the crime part of Amityville or more about like the horror supernatural part? Or is uh, that giving it away? <laughs> no, no, it, it's more a horror book. I've had people say the male character who's not the protagonist is really annoying. And that's the point. So the book, the protagonist is about this woman, Jen, and she has this husband who is the most annoying husband, you know, and, <laughs> and he, he just drives her nuts. And which was the point. And I sort of took all of the worst things 
that I saw in the men that I knew, like not violent, but just annoying. You know, he always thinks he's right and he he's just really annoying and he wants to make the decisions without her. So he ends up talking her into, you know, going to Amityville to tour these two famous haunted houses. And along the way, he ends up owning the house, which is a whole other deal, but it was fun. And we even get a tour of the original Amityville Horror House, which much to his chagrin is just a regular house. Right. But it was a lot of fun. It it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I tried to go straight with the horror. And I've got another horror book, a horror thriller book coming out next (gasps) year. Oh, Um, please tell me all about it. (laughs) That one's called My Best Friend Jeremy. And it's sort of a cross between Cape Fear and Misery, but with like an indie author that this guy is stalking. And so I'm in the rewrites now for that publisher. I look forward to it coming out. The publisher had had it for a year, that one, and then they changed hands at the publisher. So now they want some rewrites. And I resisted it at first, but their rewrite ideas were fantastic. So, you know, if it's going to make the book better, you got to go with it. So that's that's what we're doing. Well, you're definitely a veteran. So, yeah. I guess. I like horror. (laughs) The crime stuff comes easier for me. It always has. But I love horror. You know, it's a funny thing. When I write short stories, they're always horror or just weird in that vein. But when I would write longer books, they would be crime. And I have no idea why exactly that is. I think it's because the earliest short stories that I read were a lot of a lot of Stephen King, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Twilight Zone, I love. So I always thought, you know, that's what the story is, what stories are supposed to be, is what I thought. And so that's the direction I go in a lot, stories with these crazy Twilight Zone twists and all that. I love it. This is a genre that I gravitate to. So part of why I'm really excited to talk to you about this. I've always been fascinated with Amityville on the part of the the witching hour, you know, the 3 a.m. or the 3.30, something like that. So not sure if that's in this book, but I'm just saying that's what I I normally like anyway. How has it been since you published uh, Amityville Murder House? It's been good. It's been good. The re- the reviews have been pretty good. You know, it's like any book. You'll get, you know, you'll get a, a five star and you'll get a one star. But it's been mostly the up level ones. Generally, my reviews tend to be more good, thankfully, which allows me to continue writing more stuff. What kind of books do you enjoy? Like, what are some what are some of your favorite horror this, books? This is what I love. I love horror and I love thriller, you know, suspense, things like that. I have another book podcast that I, oh, yeah. I I do with my best friend, Caddy, and we kind of alternate choosing books that we read together. So I've been reading a lot of other genres because of this. It's opened my eyes a lot, but I usually pick horror or crime and things like that. <laughs> right. But Let's talk about you as an author, because you have so many books, like I said, under your belt, and you have done both fiction and nonfiction. So what can you tell me about you as an author? Well, um, I had a heart transplant five years ago. That was pretty big. Interesting. Right. And I'm here and I'm healthy. And so I got really scared for a while and I got this and I'm still a little scared because, you know, the life expectancy of a transplant person is about 10 years. It's because a lot of people are really old when they get them. So it messes up the average a little bit. So there are a lot of people that, you know, are younger that live 20 years, 25 years. And so that's Mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm hoping for. But I almost got this idea where like, I want to get as many books out there as I can, because I, 
I have all these ideas. I have all of these interests and there's just not enough time. So I try to try to write as much as I can, to do but, but keep it qualitative. And my nonfiction books are generally about film history. Oh, okay. So I had a book Quentin Tarantino helped me with, believe it or not, uh, about his an early film he had before he got famous. He kind of was one of the people that got me into the crime genre in the same way that Stephen King got me into the horror genre. So, I, you know, I write a little bit of everything. And, and my newest crime book, it's actually a sequel to a book called Layla's Score, which is my most popular fiction book. Uh, it's called Layla's Gone. And it's actually a hitman book, but it has a serial killer in it. So it's kind of mixing the different weird things together. Because I thought, well, I've never seen that mashup, so why not? But most of my fiction has a lot of humor in it. Horror, it's harder sometimes because you really have to balance it. You know, like you don't right. want it to be too fun. Some people are great with lots of humor. Like uh-huh. the, the writers are great in balancing that, but it scares me a little bit to try to make a horror book too funny. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I enjoy an author's work and he writes even in other genres or if he dabs some humor in it right. or whatnot, I would enjoy it just as much because I'm a big supporter and things like this. So That's great. I certainly appreciate it. Out of all the books that you've done, and I, I know there's a lot, are there a few that really sticks with you that holds on to your heart? I know it's like picking a favorite. <laughs> it looks like picking one like of your pick- kids. Right. <laughs> so I think my favorite nonfiction book is the one I did on Tarantino, which is called My Best Friend's Birthday, The Making of a Quentin Tarantino Film. And then I have another one uh, about Ed Wood, the famous quote-unquote bad director, and it's called The uh, Cinematic Misadventures of Ed Wood. Those are my favorites yeah. there. And then my favorite... Fiction is probably Layla's score, which we talked about. Right. Which is I've about seen a, that, actually. I've seen that yeah. book. Yeah, It's about his hit, a hitman and his little girl. It was because I was very close to my daughter, and I was sick, and I was alone for a while. She was my buddy, and so I kind of wanted to do like Stephen King had done with Firestarter, where he wrote about his little girl. So I wrote about mine. The only thing was I wanted it to not be so obvious it was about us. And so I made them African-American, which some people go, ah, you're not supposed to write that. And and I get that. What I try to do if I'm writing about characters that are not like me is I try to look for the basic humanity that we all share. Mm -hmm. Because there are things that we all share outside of cultural things, right? Absolutely. Um, Good people are good people. You know, so there are some things that we all pull from. So that's one of my two favorites, Layla's score. And the other one is a book called American Trash, which has been, it's been called uh, Goodfellas in the Ozarks. So it's kind of these white trash mafia kind of thing. <laughs> and it's bizarre, but it's fun. People mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of fun with it. They're, they're based out of this carnival, which is so weird. I don't even know where that idea came from. But it's this stationary <laughs> carnival near Branson, and the Missouri, Ozarks, yeah. and all of the, the criminals are based out of that. Like, they run the carnival, but they're also all criminals, and it's <laughs> really weird, but it, it's fun. It sounds like a good lot of base, though. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but going back to Amityville Murder House, though. Okay. Any difficulties in finishing Not a book really. when you were writing it? Not really. You know, I've written enough that I don't generally find many difficulties because I usually have a kind of an idea of where I'm going. You know, like I don't sit. I know some writers will sit and really map it out. And then other people are just very freewheeling. I'm kind of a mix of both because I generally know where the story is going. It's just kind of figuring out how to get from the beginning to the end. And 
It was a book that kind of wrote itself. The couple starts out in Kansas, where I'm at, mm-hmm. and they end up in New York. And so but it was fun. It was it was fun. I'm it was glad. Different. I love hearing others really talk about the process throughout the whole entire like writing, whether it was a lot of anguish or a lot of fun and I things like that. <laughs> I'm working on a biography of Max Allen Collins, the mystery writer, and Oh, that's one of the things that I always look and, and he's helping. Thank God. But <laughs> that's one of the things I always look at is I, like I'm really intrigued by people's process. And I've got to yeah, say, from my too. books, every process seems to be a little different. Oh, like every time I think I kind of know the process, it changes a little. And it's hard to exactly explain that every now and then I'll write a write it by hand. I don't really like that, but right. sometimes I'll write it and it, it takes longer to write. So I think it gives the brain an extra moment in there to come up with extra stuff in that first draft. I usually do four drafts, give or take, but four or five. And the last one being where I read it out loud off of a piece of paper. And when you read it out loud, you can hear the clunky words, the words that don't fit. Oh, okay. And then I'll change those. But I usually try to find a rhythm almost like like it's music. Mm-hmm. I try to find a rhythm or a kind of a cadence to the to the story. And I don't know if readers necessarily catch that but i feel like if it doesn't have a rhythm that will stand out they just won't know what it is they'll just be like this sounds weird you know so <laughs> i feel like we do as a reader i feel like we we get the tone and honestly it's weird to me i was just telling somebody else like i could tell i'm a big reader but not as much as some people out there like a book a day or stuff like that i can't ever do that but i could even tell where at a point in a book where, all right, the author is struggling how to end this, you know, or like three quarter way in, or they kind of hurried it up and had to, to end it because we're not sure which direction to go. Right. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but no. I love I love hearing you talk about the tone of the book because I can always tell, especially when there's a shift. It's like, hey, what you right. know, what's happening here? Are you enjoying writing the horror genre? It's fun. Are, it's fun. Right. I just, it seems like I bounce around, like different ideas will hit me. Right now I'm under a deadline to write a fiction book and it's taking up so much time. I don't really have any time to write any, which oh. uh, any fiction, which is kind of killing me. <laughs> In a good you know, way, but kind of. Right. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say is that I was not going to touch this, but I will say this is that there was a line in, in the Amityville book and I won't say what it is, but there's a line where people, you know, a character who is, a 70-year-old white woman in Kansas, if you don't know a 70-year-old white woman from Kansas, their views are not awesome. And so she's in it in a very small way, and she says a one very offensive line. And people say, oh, that's the author. But let me tell you, it's not. Here's the thing. I try to write the most realistic, good, bad, everything in between, mm-hmm. like the world. Now, maybe there are not ghosts in the world. I don't know. I've had some weird experiences I thought were ghosts. But the thing is, if all of the characters are like me, it's going to be a really boring book. There's not going to be any conflict. And the thing is, and, you know, people say, well, if you write a character, it's really, you know, it's really you. And that's here's the thing. I'm an atheist. I'll just say it. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. But I have characters that are very Christian that, you know, pray. And in American Trash, there's a part where his prayer comes true. And it's a very important, pivotal part of the book. But that's not what I believe in. There are characters that are white, that are black, that are gay, that are mm-hmm. straight, that are that are little kids, that are adults. 
and they're they're not me, you know. But that's the whole thing is trying to. It's like acting. I make a character and I try to get in their head and I try to figure out who they are and what they are, right. you know, what kind of person they are. And some of them are crappy, especially when when you write horror or when you not as much horror, but when you write crime is what I was going to say. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, most criminals are scumbags. Not yeah, maybe all absolutely. of them, but pretty much. I mean, they right. live a crappy life and their views are not. We don't look to them to look for elevated, amazing, progressive views. They're right. criminals. They're bad people. And doesn't mean that you go out and commit these crimes in order for you to write this book. Right. But anyway, I just threw that in there because I was catching some backlash from a few people from one line that's, that's a really throwaway crazy. line. And maybe things are changing. But as I grew up, I was reading and watching movies. I never thought, like if I watched a Martin Scorsese movie, that all these characters are Martin Scorsese. Or right, I never, exactly. Or a Western right. or anything. I never thought, wow, all of these people are that person. And and it's sticky and it's touchy. And I get it. And maybe it's just, look, I've been progressive all my life. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just I'm getting out of touch. Maybe progressiveness is moving past me. But as far as I know... Storytelling has always been about trying to capture the real world. And I wish the whole world was amazing. I wish. Right. I live in Kansas and it's pretty crappy here. And I see a lot of crappy people. I do. And I wish that it was not that way. But (laughs) it is, you know, I was in the army. There were a lot of crappy people there, too. (laughs) So I wish the world was amazing. But honestly, I'm glad that we discussed that because I respect an author's work and to me, especially work like this, very character driven, very event focused. You guys do a lot of research as well. You guys pour over it over and over to make sure things are consistent, things like that. And it's so easy for a scumbag, to be honest, to just point (laughs) out little things like, Andy, that that tree doesn't really grow in Kansas. It's a tree. (laughs) It's calm down. Like I, I... I get how something would like trigger them a little bit, but but you're reading a fictional book, you know. Let's let's right. move on. Especially like let's say if you're reading a, a vampire book. I I discussed this with another author, and he's like, I wrote a vampire book. I don't know how this would be a vampire. So right. that's every author. You, you're not every single character in your book. Of course, you get into your character. Doesn't mean that you. <laughs> You, that's you. (laughs) All right, right. So thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, no problem at all. But, you know, and that's that's the whole goal. I figure if they feel like they could be real characters, that's what I'm going for, you know, Uh, good, bad, otherwise. But we're here to discuss how awesome and amazing you are, actually, in your work. Well, I'll take that. This is great. (laughs) But I think, I do think that it's it's a good book, a fun book. It's one that I would want to read, and that's usually what I go for. Are you done with the whole Amityville? Yes. Scenery. <laughs> I what am. you're like? Well, I did. I did the Murder House book. I'm good. I'm moving right, on. Right, right. Now it's time to move on. Ah. I, I've, got, I've actually got this idea about this really crazy idea about these these robots, kind of like it almost sounds like a Terminator thing, but it's not. But it's about this scientist that's creating these robots and. And they learn, they learn from the internet, they learn, they learn, and sort of about them taking him hostage, you know, him and his family. But it's this really dark, crazy, dark, dark thing. And I will say this, (laughs) I will say this. So I've got a book called Until One of Us is Dead, and it's a horror slash thriller. 
and it's dark. I mean, it's so dark. <laughs> it's a novella. But what's funny is it's the same quality as my other books. And generally, all the books end up with an average of 4, 4.2, whatever, sometimes mm-hmm. 3.8. But what's that one gets the worst reviews, but it's because it hurts people. Like, the characters, they, they feel for them. And then when bad things happen to them, I mean, they get mad. So they'll say, you know, this book was crappy, blah, blah, blah. But it's the same writing. It's just, I know what it is. It's because... I learned some lessons about what people don't want to read, you know, and and it's characters that they love and bad things happening to them. And it's really intense, but, and it made me cry. It was the first, it's the, maybe the only book I've ever written that I cried while I wrote a scene. So I would say if you're into like, not even necessarily, it's extreme, but I mean, I wouldn't think like, I don't know. It's pretty extreme. I'm not going to lie. If you're into (laughs) extreme horror, that might be worth checking out. Oh, I had a lot of fun. That was fun too. So I'm just trying to bob around and kind of find different things within within the right. genre. But if people are reacting that way, you're doing something right. Well, I'd rather not be forgotten. You know, I'd rather <laughs> love it or hate it. But if it's a book, they forget immediately. But they know well, to sucks. gravitate so to your that. book. Right. right. I hear you. This is so fascinating, to be honest, because I, I love this genre and I love hearing you talk about it and your approach to it. Andy, where can we get your books? So they're all available on Amazon. Amazon's always a good place to go. I published with probably eight, 18 different publishers, 19, something like that. So, you know, there are some that are in stores, but I would always say the easiest place to get them is Amazon. Amazon.com, your friendly, big, huge, <laughs> com, you know, big company that's eating up our bookstores. I hate that. But at the same time, everything's on there and my books are there. So if you want right. to read my books, I guess you're going to have to go there to get some of them. Any last minute thing you want to tell me, Andy, before we go today? I think it's amazing that uh, you're doing this podcast. I uh, thank, oh, thank you, you for having me on here. I like your enthusiasm. Hey, that's thank pretty you. cool <laughs> that you really enjoy doing it. I think that's I do. pretty cool. <laughs> the way that I enjoy my writing, you know, I'm passionate about it. I can yeah. tell that you're passionate about doing this. Thank you. Well, I always yeah. say that you guys do the hard work, to be honest. You're having to plot your books or even just having to write it, even editing and marketing and all that good stuff. I get the fun part. I get to read and I get to talk to authors. I'm like meeting celebrities to me. This is how I feel. (laughs) But Andy, also you mentioned about writing films and stuff. Is that another passion that you like to discuss? I write about films. Okay. Uh So I mean, I have written films. They're not very good. I generally will write books about, say, Martin Scorsese or Edward or Tarantino, things about film history. This is where I talk about being scared to mix the horror and the comedy. I wrote <laughs> or I co-wrote a movie called Dahmer versus Gacy, and it was about the serial about the serial killers. But it's really, it's really kind of terrible. We we kind of made it as a comedy, and it made us laugh. But then. <laughs> People came oh, no. into it looking for horror, right? And, and it's well. not horror; it's just goofy. Or they were offended to have these serial killers that did all these atrocious things in Had kind of a funny. comedy. And look, yeah. I get it. The whole idea was that you know you have built-in from small budget film. If you can have built-in names like a Freddy, a Jason, blah blah blah. Well, that's kind of what we did. We had these characters that everybody already knew, but it, it was not very good. It's okay. It was all over the place once upon a time, but it's. Is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to check it out, actually, now that you said it. Well, I'll take the blame for it. I, the, <laughs> I think the direction was fine. The acting is fine. But my 
my script, I, I maybe it was not great. I don't know. But Andy, thank you for coming by today and talking to me. I feel like you're getting a bunch of books out that I, I don't know when you have any time to come back to talk to me, but I would love you to when you get another sure. book out or whatnot. But thank you. And I will thank you. I will talk to you next time. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Hey, have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships and you can look at all the info about it and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.